And hello, friends that aren't of the pod. No, if you're listening even for a second, you're a friend of the pod. Welcome to the 40- You're going to get hooked and you're going to tell a friend about it. Yep. You've become a friend and now you want to recruit more friends. It's like a weird MLM. <laughs> <laughs> We're like one of those makeup companies that you tell but, your friends about. But really fun. Yeah, and healthy and good for the environment and also good for your skin. Instead of selling your friends children's books, sell them a podcast. Instead of selling your friends makeup that you just use filters to change the way you look, sell them our podcast. Simple, easy peasy breezy. Um, we had big news happen tonight in our, in our household. Our son's tooth hath fallen. Hath fallen out. It's it's hard when it's your youngest kid's first baby tooth. It is. It just feels a little weird. It but is. he was a champ. He uh been wiggling it for a while and he basically was like didn't like how it was affecting his eating habits because he moused through food like a young cannibal. Yeah, he kept accidentally biting it in a weird way because it was wiggling all so around. So he's like, Dad just... And I literally like just pulled it out of his mouth. Like it was probably could have gone another day. Mm. But he was fine. Loved it. Yeah. Boys, man. I That was... It was awesome. It was a great moment. It wasn't pleasant for me or the girls. We didn't really enjoy no, seeing a tooth get ripped out. We didn't watch. The girls ran downstairs, but I did it in the bathroom. Yeah. But... But Louis, he he was fine with it. He was into it. Uh-huh. Well, no surprises tonight. We're drinking uh, the same bottle of Unlitro. Yeah, we're having a hard time finding wine on our, on on our, our trip. Adventure. We can't find the wines that we normally get. So we're just drinking one that we know we love. We're drinking the same thing again. And unfortunately, it, it is true. Once you go from natural wine, it's really hard to go back to the other stuff because it makes you feel weird. Your body just does not process it. Uh-uh. As well, like you don't. Unnatural wine has too much sugar. They they literally can like add juice to it. Not good. Go back to our what is it episode four with Chris and Christina. Go back to it's yeah it's it's a top ten episode our first ten episodes. It was it was right around a year ago, like a year and a week ago. We filmed that we filmed <laughs> we recorded that one. Yeah. Anyway, we talked about wine in that episode, and it's so fascinating. Yeah. We talked about it with our friends that own a wine store, and um. It was really interesting. So I'm hosting tonight. I have complete control, which I love. I'm going to find that episode really quick because on episode 10. There you go. Episode 10 called titled Leon and Son. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. So today, Adam, this is something I've been threatening to talk about for a while. Oh, I have no. a couple of threats oh, no. that I throw around. You're feeling very threatening today. So it makes sense that this would be the day. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Is coming to him something you that I see her face said. right now. It is. I'm <laughs> literally terrified. It is. Her face is is wretched with anger towards me. I don't know what I did. I guess we'll find out, won't we? No, there's nothing to find out. No, you didn't do anything. But oh, but, just one of those days. But you did everything. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't do anything, and that's. I'm sorry for whatever I did, and I'm not sorry for whatever I didn't do. You didn't do anything, and that's what you How did. About one of these apologies, Beth. If something that I did may have hurt you, then I would apologize. Though my intentions were pure. No. I hate those apologies. Those are the worst. Yeah. If you are so weak that you got your feelings, your baby feelings hurt by something that I did, I guess I'm sorry. Right. And then the other person's supposed to be like, 
That's exactly what happened. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. That is exactly my baby feelings got really hurt mm-hmm. by my weak ass. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was. And thank you. Thank okay. you very much. So there's a few things that I threatened to talk about repeatedly. And sometimes I think, when's the last time I threatened this? Because if I do it right away, they'd see it coming. And yeah, I don't want to do that. No. Like, I think I threatened just one on one of the recent episodes to talk about eugenics. You did threaten that. I'm going to. But I and so I thought about doing that today. But I was like, I think I threatened that very recently. That was like, like two episodes ago. It's too close. Yeah. Too and close. I, yeah. So, um, yes, it was the last one that I hosted. So this episode, we are talking about women who marry men in prison. Oh, the uh-huh. old conjugal wife, as I like to call it. Well, not necessarily, because you could go to prison having already been married. Well, These... you just said married men in prison. Women who have married men in prison. So I thought the marrying happened post-prison. Yes, it does. But you said a conjugal wife. And I was thinking, well, your wife that you had before could be a conjugal sure. wife. Sure. Most prisons don't allow conjugal visits anyway, but um, except for those white collar ones, yeah, right? For the Jeffrey Epstein prisons where you actually don't go to prison and you just go in there for like a day and then get out the rest of the week. Right. Ridiculous. Anyway. All right. Shall we? Episode 49, commence. Nearly 30 years ago, Sheila Eisenberg wrote a book titled Women Who Love Men Who Kill. So her book was interviewing women who were attracted to to murder, like convicted murderers, yeah. not just criminals, which there is. I mean, I'm glad she took that route because really the whole fangirling thing is about like the the worse things that these men do, the bigger the groupies, like the club. Right. And the fame that they get. It's yeah. it's it's really strange. And a lot of times they're good looking guys that do this stuff, too. <sighs> well, not really. Just the one. No, Who's I think the one that I'm thinking of Ted Bundy. Yeah. I think technically like Toted. there are other like the Menendez brothers were both good looking. They murdered their parents. Hmm. Um, they're both married. Um, Scott Peterson murdered his pregnant wife. Yeah. He Amy Peterson is I think he's remarried Lacey. Lacey Peterson. Oh, man. But he's also considered good looking. Um, so anyway, he's like middle school teacher. Good looking Scott Peterson, like middle school gym teacher. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. What a joker. Side note, I have listened to very interesting podcasts on the Menendez murders and Scott Peterson. And the Menendez murders, those brothers definitely did it, but they were being like extremely abused by their parents. Super interesting story. And it makes you wonder where you fall on that. And Scott Peterson, there's a lot of people now that are like, maybe he didn't do it. He is convicted, though. Crazy. Yep. Neither here nor there. He's married, so he's off the market, yeah, ladies. he's great. Um, so for her book, she interviewed dozens of women, I think like three dozens of women, who were either married or in a relationship with a murderer to try to find out why these women seek out and fall in love and marry men who have killed. The following information I gleaned from um, an interview that Sheila did with ATTN.com. So Sheila said that... All the women that she interviewed are damaged in some way by a man. They It could be like a father or a boyfriend or a husband, but they were all abused in some way, either sexually, emotionally, physically, something like something really 
triggering and traumatic. And like in her, like what she thinks is that being in a relationship with a man in prison gives all the power back to these women that they lost to another man. So they mm, interesting get to have power over a man. Right. Um. So like if your husband's in prison, he can't get to you. So he can't hurt you in any real way, mm-hmm. except for, I mean, like these men are completely manipulative. And you control a lot of when you see them, when they see you. When, right. If they call you collect, you can choose to answer it or not. Right. Um, so, so she said that, but then she did say that, that the men are still extremely um, manipulative and the women do get manipulated by these men. But the fact that they get to choose gives them enough of a sense of power that they stay like really engaged in a relationship like this. They can't, I think a lot of these women, not, not every woman who does this for sure, but definitely the women that she was interviewing, they can't have like a normal relationship. Um, this is the kind that they can have. This is like a kind of like a real life version of Bumble app, isn't it? I don't know. (laughs) It's like where you have the power to choose who you talk to. Women do. Yeah. Anyway, just. Except it'd have to be like. Bumble app for prisoners. The way that the app would have to change would be like almost nobody else is trying to contact these men though. So right. <laughs> um, as far as like the type of demographic that the women she interviewed fell into, she said that they were all across the board ranging from like women with money to low income levels and highly educated women to even like women who had not completed high school. And they were also like equally diverse in ethnicity as well. The only real common theme that popped up that she was surprised by how many of these women were is that there were a lot of Catholic women. Interesting. And I read in another article too, that a lot of religious women, like deeply religious women will um, end up in relationships with these men because they start out by like writing them letters, hoping that they will be the ones to change them and bring them to God. Like it's one of the greatest things right. that they could do. The great commission. Yeah. Um, so in regards to what the relationships with the inmates provided for the women, Sheila said they describe they would always describe it as them being like madly in love or like head over heels, like just the most intense, like melodramatic, like teenage type of like blinded love. Right. And she said it was like a stage of permanent infatuation because the relationship never can really progress to get into like any type of struggles that the rest of us would normally deal with. Mm -hmm. You never live together. You don't have to deal with anybody's annoyances. And, um, there's also like the, the drama of dating an inmate pulls them in further, like worrying if when you go to visit, the prison is going to be on a lockdown and you won't get to see him or the guards are like trying to keep you apart and nobody wants you to succeed. Um, will he get paroled? what is his lawyer saying? And it's like super like the, the drama is just intensely Mm -hmm. heightened and that is wrapped up into the romance Mm -hmm. and their feelings are just, (laughs) it's like, 
it is really hard to like read this stuff and be like, really? Like we, we have enough evidence. No, I believe that these women think this, but don't we have enough evidence now to suggest that like these men are just actually bad people? One would think. So she, she likened the relationships to like a prince and Cinderella um, where everyone's against you. And, and so like you, you're also like sort of destined to be and yeah. you're kind of like, you can see him for who he is, even though nobody else can. And it's like really exhilarating. They're like, these are projects in a way too. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Especially I think for the really like religious women, the it's re- like religious ones, but also like there's this idea. Don't you think that there's, some and I'm stereotyping, so you know, smack me down if I'm being too misogynist here. But like, isn't there some women that feel like they can fix men, or they can like they're like he's this way, but I think if he's with me, then he can be a different. I'll help him find be know how to be a different way because I see something in him. Yeah, I I don't know if it's just like so the stereotype might be that only women think that about men. I don't know if that's true, but for sure people. Um, do get like a sense of inflated ego if they can be the one. But don't you think it's more women than men that think that? Like, I think because more because like in my experience, maybe I, like I think that there's more women that look at like look at a wayward man or a, a guy who's been with a lot of. I mean, there are definitely women that do this. Of the opposite, a guy that's been with a lot of women, let's say, and she's like. I see something in him and he'll just want to be like, I know that we have something special. He'll never want to be with anybody else. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, or he's like, he's got us. Maybe he's got like a criminal past or he's always getting in trouble with the law. And she's like, I'll fix him. Well, let's put a pin in that because there's something else I'm going to talk about later. And I kind of feel like this goes along with that. And we might be able to really explore it. Consider it. If we're going to use corporate speak, we're going to put it in a parking lot for a little bit. Let's park that. Let's park it. Okay. We're going to park that. Just don't forget. You might want to make a note, Adam. I've made a note. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have lots of notes, and so it's going to be very easy for me to forget about that one. 13 pages of notes? 200. Good. Single spaced. Actually, I was like, what can I do below ha- ha- half spaced? <laughs> Half space. It's called a quarter space. <laughs> 200 pages. Quarter spaced. Eight point font. Great. Okay. I just need to get a little closer. <laughs> um, when talking about if the women feel guilty dating or marrying a man convicted of murder. Right. Sheila said that most of them found ways to rationalize it, like excusing his actions as unintentional. One woman was even on a jury that convicted a man of murder. After he was convicted, she went to prison to visit him and fell in love with him. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's a podcast right there on that person. I know. I'm like, who is it? She, she fell in love with him on this. It's called Love Love from the Bench. Yeah. That's the name of the podcast. Love at the last gavel whacking. <laughs> that rolls off the tongue. Um And then she told Sheila she didn't even know why she convicted him because she didn't think he actually did it. Weird. I was like, um, okay. Um, another said that the door, the door like went for, uh, the murder he committed, the door hit his arm and that's what made the gun go off. Oh, okay. Um, or another one said he was drinking and doing drugs and it was just a total accident. Right. 
And then another woman started corresponding to the man who murdered her grandmother because she wanted to know why somebody could do that. No, I can't see this. This is not going this way. She wanted to know why somebody could do that to an old lady, an innocent old lady, and ended up getting involved with him and like dating him and rationalized that to Sheila by saying that he was changed and he was different than when he murdered her grandmother. That's insane. That's insane. This is though, this I wanted. So this one wasn't in Sheila's book. This one she mentioned just in the article that I read. And she said that she's like, here's one that didn't make it into my book. But if I was going to write another one, this definitely would. How does that not make the book? I know. I was like, (laughs) now I need to read the book because this is really intense. If this isn't in the book, I'm guessing the other 30 are much worse. Um, So when asked about how these women came into contact with the inmates Sheila like reminds us that when she wrote the book it was like in the late 80s so most of the women that she interviewed who got into these relationships were already in prison for in the prison not prison not inmates but in and out of the actual prison for one reason or another like a female guard or a lawyer or a teacher or something Mm -hmm. like that um or Maybe they might have seen an article about one of the men and found a way to become their pen pal. But today there are actually websites dedicated to being able to connect with convicts. It's like the convict bumble, as I talked about a minute ago. It's like myprisonpenpal.com and and these these inmates can set up a profile for women to just peruse and choose who they want to like reach out to. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's here's what's not crazy. Okay. I do think that there are a lot of people in prison who don't deserve to be there and they do need like they do need social stimulation. And mm-hmm. like, I don't, I think that somebody that went to prison for like, trying to scam Medicare for like 20 years shouldn't be isolated from people. I don't think that's fair. Or in jail for 20 years. Or in jail for 20 years. Exactly. And so, but the problem is that this psychological term is called, or these women are grouped into this, this psychological term. It's called hybristophilia, which basically means that you're sexually attracted to a person who is known to have done something bad. Like gotcha. So like like you with me essentially. Yeah, you're a real bad boy. I'm so bad. Um like they it, 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 the infamy is like a big thing. Like that yeah. pe- other people know. Yeah. So when I say that the website is crazy, I mean that because I do think that there's a lot of prison reform that needs to be done and that people who are in there for really minor petty crimes, one, probably shouldn't even be in there. And two, do deserve to have like social, like to be socially stimulated with another person. These women are not looking for like the person who scammed Medicare. Yeah. They're looking for somebody who's like. Looking for Ted Bundy. They're looking for somebody who's a little scary. Or like the to make a murderer guy. He got Stephen married. Avery. Yeah, he did. Someone married Stephen Avery. And he is gross. He's gross. He's so gross. He's, all, he's so that gross. Whole fa- he doesn't wear underwear. That whole family is gross. I'm so yeah. sorry. 
Ja, okay. Okay. Mehr well, Tag. Steven. Ja. You better get back down. The police want you back in the jail. Okay. Oh. Oh, oh well, I'll just go. Well, I didn't do it. <laughs> I'll go lock myself up in the jail then. I'll go in myself and that'll teach him to lock me up. I think he did it, to be honest with you. Side um, note, Beth and I have done that many times. Yeah, we like we to talk like the Averys sometimes. we don't stop. We like to talk like the Averys yeah. sometimes. What of it? Um, What's the term for that, doctors of the world? <laughs> so, in regards to why women get involved with really famous murderers, Sheila said it seems like a way for them to be famous too by a means of communicating with somebody who probably isn't getting a lot of social interaction. So this famous person will probably want to meet you and write you back. Right. And then if you can be in a relationship with them, a lot of these women end up immediately telling the press. Right. I married Charlie Manson. Right. That 22-year-old or whatever. And had a baby with him. No, that's Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, yeah, I don't sorry. think anybody had a baby with Charlie Manson. No, and he's already been executed too, but... um. He did get married to like a 20-something year old woman and it's just insane. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, so she also said that the biggest thing that shocked her was how common this is, how famous prisoners have groupies and how many of these men, how many of the like the men that we've never even heard about have many women who want to be in a relationship with them. The- I mean, what you just said makes a lot of sense. So, like, I'm not going to be able to write, you know, Harry Styles. He's not going to write me back. But this famous guy in prison will write me back. Yeah, most, most likely, likely. If I send him pictures of myself and all this other stuff. Right. Exactly. It's, yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't get it, get it. But I understand kind of the logic behind it. Right. So there's a few other um, ideas about why women might do this. And to be clear, some men do this. Like Casey Anthony has had men right. proposition her and um other women like amanda knox did and but it is more it's less shocking that a man would do that though let's be honest yeah I, I don't i mean it's far less to me it's far less shocking really you think it's shock it's less shocking that a man would be more attracted to casey anthony because she murdered her child no that's that. That's, I, don't think, I don't know why any I person I that think should be less attract, shocking, with the exception of the grandma lady. I don't. She. I can't even address that at this point. But like, I don't think they. A man wouldn't see Casey Anthony and be like, "I can't believe she did this." They would say, "Oh, she's hot. I'm gonna write her." That's really what they think even about. knowing that she probably murdered her kid. I that wouldn't matter. I think that would matter to most men. I mean, I don't know. Men that are writing her probably wouldn't care. You. So you're saying that that for them. No, that doesn't make any sense because there's hot, hot, according to you, women everywhere. You don't, these men are going out of their way to get a hold of Casey Anthony. I think it's probably the same idea. I think it's probably I think the same so too. disorder. It's, it, yeah, thank you. I can, res- this is, you know, opinions change. As long as they're happy, it's all that matters. And they're always happy. Um. Okay, so back to what I was Telling like when I was telling you about the term hypersophilia and what that means. Yeah. Um, here's a little more information on that. Women can fall into like two categories. 
of hyperstophilia. There's like the aggressive hyperstophilia and passive. And, mm-hmm. and aggressive is women who completely accept and are fully aware of who this person is. And they will even go as far as to like participate in murder or cover ups with these person, with this person. Or like women have, there's like a famous, I can't remember who it was for, which serial killer, but his girlfriend, who I think worked in the prison, no, she didn't work in the prison. His girlfriend pretended to be one of the victims. Yeah. So that it would be like, you're wrong. This person's never dead. And that's who he was convicted of killing to get him out. Oh, that's interesting. So that would be like an aggressive hyperstophiliac. Right. And she would be like actively participating in his crimes. Yeah. Knowing that he did it. Totally. And and then there's the passive version of that. And they tend to diminish the crimes, calling them accidents and thinking the murderer is also a victim. They want to help him or believe they can change him right. versus like the aggressive is attracted literally to the monster. That makes sense. Um, What about the prison guards in like Orange is the New Black? What's the term for that? You know how like... Orange is the New Black, that's all women. I know, but there was a male prison guard that, remember? Yeah. They hooked up and they were like... I think that she was... I would say that she... Like, what was she in prison for? Drugs? Yeah. (laughs) Like, or like But it wasn't for fame. It wasn't for fame. That's just because he works there. So that's a different situation. Yeah. So a lot of the women that... Sheila um, talked about what it was more of like a control thing. And like they were all like passive. They thought they could change him, that he really loved them. Um, Got it. And and she she did also say that they were like completely delusional. Like there's like a heightened sense of delusion and then a lack of reality. That's like that's just. A it's recipe a great way for, to explain it. It's a recipe for disaster. Great way to explain it. So here's a couple of examples for you. Scott Peterson, who was convicted of murdering his pregnant wife, which we talked about earlier. The day he entered prison after his conviction, he received three dozen phone calls from women and a marriage proposal. Not a bad first day. Not a bad day for Not a bad first day. In the book, Dream Lovers, Women Who Marry Men Behind Bars tells the story of two women who left their happy marriages where they were bored essentially and Mary decided to marry convicted felons. One of them had murdered his wife and the other was a thief. A week after being released, the thief beat Avril, who was the woman who had fallen in love with him to death with a hammer. And the murderer who married a who a woman named Rose fell in love with went back to prison for trying to cut off Rose's ear and yank out her teeth with pliers. And Rose had apparently stated publicly that she had no fear of him. I'm slack jawed right now. If you can't only for only one person in the world can see me, but that's how I am looking right now. Right. And I mean, the, the reason that stories like this garner a lot of tension is because they are really, it just mind boggling and crazy and heightened and intense. But at the same time, there is a story in there's something woven into this fabric where it's like you are dealing with dangerous men. Yeah. Yeah. And you think you can change them. 
So here's a couple of other reasons that psychologists speculate that people become hypersophiliacs. Uh Um, One is that it's sort of like an evolutionary thing. This is what I was going to put the pin in. I'm remembering. And it's like an ancient need from long ago. A ruthless, murderous man seems like the type of person that would be able to stay alive and protect a woman and her offspring, sort of like an alpha caveman. In this aspect, Sheila also said in her book that these women are drawn to men who will act on their rage. They never were able to act on their own rage, and he could. So his rage and his murder becomes her rage and her murder. Yeah. So she sort of gets to like make that her yeah. thing too. I mean, those make sense. Those like those I those concepts make sense to me. So going back to what you said about women being drawn to fixing men, I was thinking of it in terms of like an evolutionary type of thing where women have been like predominantly nurturers in a world where men were really like brutal and aggressive. Right. And so I don't know if there could be like an old, the same kind of like ancient need. Yeah. Or something in between like caught in two worlds. I don't know. That's what it made me think of when you were totally no, that would, I get that for sure. Do you remember what you were saying? I was, I was saying that (laughs) some women just want to fix men or like look at men as projects and there ain't no fixing it, but they think they can. Right. And, but that could get, and that uh, most of those women are ultra nurturers too. Yeah. Do that. Like the ones I can think about in my life that I know that have done that with relationships are all very nurturing Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. Um, Some of the other ideas as to why these women are drawn to these men is they think they can change him. Who's, who's really cruel, a man who's really cruel and powerful. So it's like an ego thing. Like what you said, like if I can get him to change, right. How amazing am I? Right. I'd be doing something amazing for the world and for him. I'm such. And for me. And for me. Exactly. They want to nurture the little boy that lives inside or like he's the perfect boyfriend. She always knows where he is and that he's thinking about her. Right. She can say he she's loved by somebody. As and far she, as she knows, though, he probably could have some other women, too. He doesn't love her. Yeah, no. they don't. And I think, I think Stephen probably. Avery loves his wife. <laughs> I will be clear about that. I am very. Did she leave him, though? His first wife left him? I, yes. And then somebody else married yeah. him. Um, or no, they were engaged and then they called it off. But now they're like kind of back together, but not married. I can't remember. Um, And then. Like he's the perfect boyfriend because she doesn't have to endure all the day to day things that normal relationships have to. Yeah. So my question to you is. After I am going through this with you, why do you think that women do this? What's the biggest reason that you thought that's predominantly it or it's hard because my question would my answer would have changed after hearing all this. Which is interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a psychological disorder. I'm glad that there's an actual term for it. You don't think about, you just think that's nuts is what, like, that's your initial reaction is like someone that chooses to marry Ted Bondi and have a kid with him. Well, like that's nuts. That is nuts. I will, I do not want to give her last name's Boone. I can't remember. Carol Boone, maybe. 
I don't want to give her um, a huge pass, but when she married him, I think he had only been convicted of three murders and a lot of people, he almost got off. I he know. almost got off being his own lawyer. I know. It's insane. She later learned that he was responsible for like many murders. And that's when she divorced him and like went into hiding and nobody knows where like she or her daughter are. So I think she falls into like the passive. Right. I would say like the person you're thinking of would be like the person who marries like Charlie Manson. Sure. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I think, I think you're right. Like it's hard. I don't want to say people are crazy for doing this because I'm sure there's been people that if this has worked out and they've had a good marriage after they got out of jail and they're happy together. I'm sure that's happened. Sure. Yeah. And so it's to say it's crazy is mean. So I'm not, and it's judgmental. I shouldn't say that, but overall, like if you marry someone knowing they're a murderer, if they marries your own murders, your own grandmother and you marry them saying they've changed, that's like, I don't know that that person married him, but she definitely okay, dated him. Whatever. Yeah. Dated him. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's insane. And it's, so that's literally so delusional. I, it's so if you're asking me the main reason, I don't know if it's more fame or there's more, which there's all delusion. It's all, it all falls into a such like into a psychological issue, but like, I don't know if it's more to say, I got this fam- I'm dating this famous guy mm-hmm. or it's more like, I'm just something I'm attracted to him. And I f- see something in him for, through the TV that I watched in this court case. And now I want to be with him. And yeah. I just kind of felt, you know, I've got this crush and it's, a, it's someone, it's not like you're watching like, you know, you're not like watching a movie with Mila Kunis, let's mm-hmm. say. And you just like, I really, I'm attracted to her. I really want to be with her. So I'm going to write her a letter and maybe she'll write back. Right. There's no chance it's ever going to happen. Right. So I get it from that standpoint of like, there's a, there's an actual possibility that it's going to happen if you write a prisoner. Yeah. Because what else are they going to do? Right. So I get that. Um. Yeah, man. I'm just like, there's a lot of dating apps. You don't need to go to the prison route. You, exactly. There's, there's other options. The other part of me is like, even for like the groupies who are like really motivated by fame or like the, you know, infamy of it all. If you, any person that is doing this, that went to therapy, I think the therapist would be like, we can figure out why you're doing this. Cause it's not normal. Right. right. And they would be able, they, I wouldn't you guess that like, like in Sheila's case, a hundred percent of them had tra- a major trauma in the form of abuse from a man close to them, either a husband, boyfriend, or father. What percentage? A hundred percent of the ones. Oh, really? Out of three dozen, every single one of them had a major. Yeah, that's it. That's it then. So it's like, it, in a way to me, ultimately it doesn't matter why they're doing it, though it does. It's, it's the cause of it, right? Like. Right. Whether they're motivated to get fame or to change him or to be a part of it or whatever. Ultimately, it's like these women need therapy. Right. They need therapy. They need therapy. And. But the but then. There is no this is this is where this is a hot topic for me, because how can you abstractly judge it? Like case in point. Sure. If you listened to um, the documentary on the Menendez brothers who murdered their parents after you, they were really, really young when they murdered them, like yep. 18 and 20 or something like that. Yep. After you hear the kind of abuse 
that they had had their entire lives, like physical and sexual abuse from their dad. Mm -hmm. Like, like literally these boys were just tortured in their home. You understand how they could have responded in that way. Right. And you think maybe they should have gotten manslaughter or a different type of charge. Mm -hmm. They were too young to like make a rational choice still. Yeah. Their parents still had too much emotional power over them Mm -hmm. and they had too much fear. So then I think like, well, who like based on that, they're just like people who had a lot of trauma. So are they, are they actually heinous people? It doesn't seem like it. But no, it feels, it feels like they're, they all have, they all have trauma. They all are responding to that trauma in the same way. Right, right. It's like trauma meet trauma. Right. So it's, it, that's why there's a psychological condition behind it. So, but that also, but then. No, but I was saying like, <clears throat> but the Menendez brothers themselves don't seem like they are murderous, right. rageful people. Right. They seem more like victims who are trying to defend themselves. Do you want to hook up with one of the Menendez brothers, Beth? No, Is they're much the older than me. They're much older, much too old. Little people find don't know, me someone my age. People don't know that you wrote me in prison, and that's how this whole thing started. That's why I wanted to talk about yeah, this. I'm exactly. trying to. I, I'm not doing a very good job, but I'm trying to loop all the way around to get people to believing that it's normal and fine. I was only in jail for a quadruple homicide. No, the, big. the main point of well, so, my whole thing was: shouldn't we throw out the term hybristophilia? <laughs> there's no cause or case or need for it. So, but okay. So, if the interesting thing is, if all of these women's backgrounds have the same thing in it, then that would negate the argument that this is just part of our evolutionary build. It would, I mean, it could, I mean, not necessarily, but it makes, but I would, I could say that like women marry. So only all the women that Sheila interviewed did. Okay. So out of 36 women, every one of them had the exact same. Yes. But none of them were dating like infamous murders, murderers. They're still marrying a man that could hurt them a hundred percent. But what I'm saying is like, like the women who are attracted to like really infamous murders, like Ted Bundy, Scott Peterson, um, Charlie Manson, Richard Ramirez, like those women we don't know have trauma because they seem to be seeking fame. Sure. But I guess my point would be that my point would be that if somebody you know, if somebody has this evolutionary trait that wants to be with a hunter, more of a hunter male, then they would just be with, uh, they could just go to farmersonly.com. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's what they could do is they could, they could find, or, you know, you, they'll just be, they'll just find a man that's not wearing tweed and skinny jeans. They'll just go find a bazinga. They'll, you know, they'll just they go won't f- find anybody in Silicon Valley. Ha- that's have, what you're saying. They don't have to go find a, pr- a murderer. You're saying they'll go to Idaho or Nebraska to look for a man and not Silicon Valley. They'll find a Quonset in Omaha and find themselves someone shucking corn. They won't go to... That's how you build your forearms up, Adam. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I I agree. I mean, it's just a conundrum. It's like nobody... Like, let's leave it to the experts. They're the ones who should figure this out. But I guess like... I guess it's, it's, it, 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 it just, it's still hard. Ultimately I come back to like, it's absolutely crazy. I know, but I feel, 
I'm starting to feel senses of guilt thinking that because like, who am I to judge somebody that wants to marry somebody that takes other people's lives? Yeah, I know. It's so rude of you. It is rude. Honestly. I can judge the one that killed. If someone killed my grandma and I started to date them, there'd be something wrong with me. (laughs) Like that is unforgivable. She can be judged. That is unforgivable. But if someone kills somebody else's grandma and you want to date them, eh, go for it. No, see, I disagree. It is unforgivable. Like something's wrong with you. If no, you're you are making arguments for how the Menendez brothers aren't that don't seem that cruel to you, right? Uh, they don't seem like heinous people to me. But I will tell you this: I think that the reason I'm against the death penalty is because I think that we the judicial system gets it wrong sometimes. We know that it does which means that people end up on death row unjustly. And I don't think we should take that chance. I just think that's wrong. But I do believe that probably 90 plus percent of the people that are on death row actually deserve it. So the Menendez brothers are an example of why I'm like, now this gives me pause because I'm thinking, should I judge this? Should I not? But then I have to go back and be like, statistically, though, all these men are horrible people. What about the what about the younger Avery boy? What's his name? Brendan. Brendan. Does he no, deserve he, it? No, he doesn't. So if someone dated him, then you wouldn't find anything wrong with that. I I still would so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to judge them. Um this is so tricky. It's a great question by me. No, Let it's not breathe. it's not because it's Brendan. I'm not trying to judge them for like reaching out to somebody that they think is innocent but the problem still stands that we have an issue with women who are looking to date men in prison so i feel like i'm getting i'm sort of getting myself turned around in the fact that i'm like well some of these men don't deserve Mm -hmm. this but it's like why still are these women like interested in i guess the question comes down then is if a woman wants to date Brendan Dassey, which I think 98% of the population thinks that dude's innocent, it was the police just completely met, like mind after Yeah, him. totally. No, no, nothing that he said could be corroborated, right. which is horrible. So he to date him, to try to date him doesn't sound as egregious because he legitimately is innocent, though he's in prison and someone could be attracted to him and want to help him and get him out, but also falls in love with him. But to date his uncle... Oh. Who probably killed her? You don't think so? I don't, but you do. Is problematic, right? So yes. it works one way, but doesn't work the other way. So no. it's who they date and it's who they go after in prison is really bothers you. Not that they date a prisoner. Um, no. Okay, it's so still... anybody in prison that is that a woman tries to date, you think there's a problem, even if they're just like a ultimately kind of yeah, like a like a pill pusher. Ultimately, kind of, yes. I don't. I think it's more like along the lines of someone that date. Because you started leading off with all these women that, that date murderers or like are, are attracted to these guys that have done crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Not the ones that are like, I found this guy on this prison website and he's going to be out in five years for insurance fraud. Yeah. That doesn't, I don't, there's, that doesn't, it's, it's just still strange that you people. would, ra- it's still strange that you want to meet somebody in prison. You can control everything. That's my point. Something's wrong with that. 
Interesting. How, how, if, if that's your goal or like, if the fact that you're really separated and is, is part of the deal breaker for you. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of these women do think like once he gets out, it's going to be fantastic. And I think like a lot of their relationships then fall apart because you get your ear cut off and your teeth pulled out. Yeah. Um, or these people have been in prison a really long time and they need therapy and like they can't, it's not easy to reacclimate into society. And you've never actually had any sense of a normal relationship. Like it'd be like almost like meeting somebody and being like live together. Right. Like nothing has been normal. So I don't know. I just think ultimately like here's what I think. Why why isn't Brendan and Stephen Avery getting like male pen pals? They're really not. It's all it's like all these people are getting like women reaching out to them. Mm hmm. Like, that's strange. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange to go after Stephen Avery. Brendan doesn't really bother me. I don't know. I just I just don't. I, I understand the argument that, like, why would you want to date somebody that, that you can only see once a week or once a month that can barely talk to you, that you can only communicate via mail or maybe email if they have that, depending on what level of crime they're in. But if you're going after, if you are, you probably have some psychological issues. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I just don't see it as that big of a deal. If some, but I see if you go after somebody that killed your grandmother or somebody that killed somebody else that was convicted of a murderous crime, yeah, eh, you're I most likely going to get your ear chopped off. Later. I think the real problem though is that you aren't talking about this with any sense of delusion, and almost all these women do have a heightened sense of delusion. So, how are they going to be able to decipher who's dangerous and who's not? Right. I, I'm just telling you if someone's in jail. For three years for insurance fraud. Yeah. And someone's in jail for 30 years for manslaughter or for, you know, homicide. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I think the insurance fraud guy is probably less likely to kill you. For sure. But I just don't think these women are seeking out, like, these are women who are attracted to murderers. I know. But, and if we're talking about just women attracted to murderers, then I think there's a problem. But if we're talking about women that are going after anybody in prison, which is the question you asked a minute ago, then... I don't remember well, asking that. We, you talked about like why would you? Why would any woman reach out to anybody in prison? There's a there's a there's a delusional there's a psychological issue there to control it, to be controlled by it, to be the object of the yeah. affection. Yeah, that's true. But I think we agree that overall, though, we're, we've been referencing women who are. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, I mean, and, and I and I, it's hard because you're like I don't want to judge somebody, but I also feel like it is kind of crazy that you're gonna go after it's some guy safe. in jail. It's, it's not, not safe. safe. Don't do it. Especially if you have kids. What are you doing? Some have kids. Yeah. And also, these guys got guys on the outside. Everybody's got guys on the outside. So, so, uh, something else you have to think and about. And I learned they have guys and ladies. Other ladies on yeah, the outside. Other ladies so on the outside. you're not the only one. No. Don't do it. If you're if you're dating somebody who's been convicted of murder and they're, and they're in prison, just end it. Beth, this is a great topic to get the mind off the old stealing the election and all that good stuff going on right now. And COVID, which Rona. is out of control. It's really nice, uh, really nice to get our minds off that and think about women going after murderers. You are welcome. All right. Well, we're on a streak. We're pumping out episodes like the Duggars pumping out kids. Ooh, ill-timed. Great topic this week, Beth. ill-advised. Grazie. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Yeah. Say, hey, I listen to Happily Opinionated. Give us, if you haven't rated us yet, give us five stars or however many stars you think we deserve. We have 
all five stars and one four star. And I know who you are when you one four star person. <laughs> I know who you are. You're probably still listening too, You're aren't you? You're still listening, you smarky, smarmy son of a gun. Um, but give <laughs> go us five change st- that star. Yeah, go, go change that star. Get, t- take that four star and turn it into a five. Maybe it was a slip of the finger. It could have been. You fat fingered it. Everybody do this. Okay, here's what we need to do. Everyone go to your, take your phone, go to the podcast, go to rate and click five because we've had somebody accidentally give us one star because she's like, oh man, I messed up. And I was like, okay, just give it five. And like two days later, it switched to a five. Yeah. So. But also just there, we have confused people with this before. This is only for Apple podcasts. That app. If you listen on anything else, there's no star system. But if you're listening on Spotify, which is a great platform um, and you have an iPhone, just go do it. It'll take 30 seconds. Yeah, just do it. One day we're going to have t-shirts that we can give you. One day. Yeah, we'll have merch. We'll have some serious merch. That'll be very fun. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next week. Yeah, next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye.